Ultra. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. You know, Hemingway said there's nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man. True nobility is being superior to your former self. Really makes you think. Anyway, here to talk <laughs> about Kingsman and the Golden Circle is Amanda Barnes. Hi. So, Amanda, is Kingsman the Golden Circle a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? It has not been remade yet. It absolutely should. And I think there's room in there for a full franchise. I, you know, I think you're right. Mm. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on Ideal Remake. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Before we get too far into it, introduce yourself to the audience so people know who they're listening to. Sure. Yeah. I'm Amanda Barnes. I am a um, writer, although currently striking. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you know, writer of television and film, and I'm also a producer full-time. So that's my full-time job right now. It's a good full-time job. Thanks. And so when I was talking to you about being on the show, why Kingsman the Golden Circle? <laughs> I had a lot of questions for you about the, the proper thing to pick for this. And one thing that I find very frustrating are... A very frustrating theater-going experience for me is a movie that has all the potential Mm -hmm. and misses the mark. Yeah. That is very frustrating. And for me, this is one of those movies. And I took it very personally when I saw it because (laughs) I I loved the first one so much. And I know sequels are hard to do. But this one, all and going back and revisiting, I'm like... All the tools are there. Like, all the pieces are there. You you could have solved it, Mr. Policeman. I gave you all the clues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes, it, they, all the pieces were right there. And so, for me, I thought this would be a good one to talk about because it, it elicited very strong feelings in me. More than the other options I was considering. Well, and you hadn't the, seen it yet, so... No, I've, I have seen this movie. I had previously seen this movie. Oh, you had? Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I'd seen all three of the Kingsman movies. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and you were just like, oh, that's a good one. That's It's a good one because I also deeply dislike this movie. Yes. And after rewatching it, if anything, I feel stronger. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is the first... Not the first time. I'm so sorry. This is the second time mm-hmm. I'm talking about a sequel without talking about the original movie. Um, the first time was like... Four years ago, Harry Valentine came on to talk about uh, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Okay. And we just talked about that movie in isolation. Yes. But this time we're talking about it as specifically a sequel. Yes. Like, he talked about Rise of the Silver Surfer as a reintroduction to the franchise. Mm-hmm. We like the first movie. Mm-hmm. I rewatched that first movie a few hours ago and think it's still pretty good. Still pretty good. That movie holds up. Like, there's so- obviously it's some things I changed, but... sure. What was really... First of all, let me just say, before we even get into this, it's a miracle that anything gets made. Agreed. It's a miracle that anything gets written to completion and purchased <laughs> and shot and with this everything. So I I always, I always feel bad criticizing other work in this type of forum. However... <laughs> It's, it would be a lot easier if it were just a bad movie and then I could just write it off as a bad movie, right? Versus there being so much there. I was really baffled that so many of the people that worked on the first one were the same. 
for the second. I was also surprised. Uh, going back and looking at that again, we've got the same writers, mm-hmm. same director, same, like, same, um, I like, was so curious mm-hmm. if it was the same writers in title only. Uh-huh. Like, I was, ex- like, uh, oh, Jane Goldman, I think, is the other writer. I believe so. And yeah. I was expecting, like, oh, Jane Goldman got credit, but, like, wasn't going to be involved because, like, she created the characters. But then, like, no, no, because then she was excited to work on the third one. And I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. There was a woman's voice in that writer's room? I know. I was ready to come in and be like, this is why you need a woman. Yeah. And I looked and I was like, god damn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Chopping my legs out from under uh, me. Yeah, really, really crazy and surprising and and frustrating. It's just a lot of, it was isolating the issue for me. It was yeah. very interesting. And I have a theory, but we can get into that I later. mean, isolating the issue, I think, is me too. I don't necessarily have a problem with a lot of the performances, but for me, it really just comes down to the script. Packed full of shit. Just, it's like they said, hey, you'll get, this is going to be a trilogy. And they said, great, we have ideas for two more films. And they said, just kidding, you get one. And they said, well, we're not doing any less. That's what it felt like to me. Interesting. It felt as though, because there were so many disparate Mm storylines, so many new characters, that it felt like they just didn't want to kill any darlings, and they just put as much into it as they could. Uh, The the impression that I got watching this, because one of the things that, there were a couple things that, like, right away I know I'm not going to like this movie. And it's when they take the character who I thought was had the most potential and was going to be the most interesting Roxy. from the first movie, Roxy, yeah. and instantly killed her. Immediately. And I'm just like... And I like that they are their friendship. I like yeah. that they maintain this, their friendship. And like, they have this incredible platonic relationship uh-huh. of like... These respect. Really respect and it's like, like... It's incredible. Yeah. And instead of doing anything interesting from the first movie... They wiped the board clean and then just reset up the toys that they cared about. Yeah. Like, even how they blow up Eggsy's house with his one of his best friends and his dog. dog. This dog that we had so much invested in from the first movie. And they kill him. And then the girlfriend shows up and goes, you know... Here's a new, new dog. dog. And it's like, are you also going to get me a new baby like to, rep to so I can grow into a new friend? What are you right. talking about? Yeah. And what was so, it really like for me, the, that happens. He meets with Merlin, who is wonderful, wonderful of, of actor. Course. And Merlin says a line. Did I write it down specifically? I took a lot of notes. He wrote, we have no time for emotion. Yep. I wrote, um, yes, we fucking do. Yeah. Going back and revisiting. So I think both, both you and I watched uh, Golden Circle. Yes. And interestingly, I didn't expect that you would do this too. Afterwards, went back and watched the first one. Yeah. Right. And I did that. So I would go in with kind of a clear head. And then I wanted to, to say like, maybe I've just really romanticized the first one. The first one isn't all that great. I, I honestly went in thinking the exact same thing. Okay. I had kind of been thinking I should also... I was thinking of watching them in order. Yeah. That's what was my plan. And then I was like, I got to prioritize. Yeah. Well, I was like, exact same. I had to prioritize the one I needed to watch. And then I found myself with time. And I was like, I got to rewatch the first Mm -hmm. one. I got to make sure that I'm not just making a bunch of fuss where there isn't anything there. But no, the first one works. Yeah. I like the themes. I like the execution. I like talking about how... Like, there's a whole theme in the first one about how just people with power are often wrong Mm -hmm. and only seem to trust other people with power instead of looking to the masses when they should. Mm-hmm. And it's discounting the, the populace when that's not important. The, the important of the, importance of the environment. 
Right. And just the nature of, of like, the re- the quote that I did in the intro is a quote from the first movie. Mm-hmm. The, the original quote I was going to do in the intro was, I was just going to say, manners maketh man. That's right. You know, that quote from the first movie that we did again in the second movie for no, st- any, any discernible reason. Yeah. But no, it's just like, the first movie is good. And it, it's an interesting, compelling cast. We get Sophia Batella, yeah. who's one of, if not, like, one of the greatest enforcer bad guys of all time. So good. Yeah. And it's incredible. I think, again, I try to, like, I try to come in surgically and, like, isolate. Because there's a, to me, there's a lot wrong beat by beat with the Golden Circle. Yes. Right? But I was like, how do I distill down for me what what was lacking? What was, what was it? Because sometimes you can say, you can point to like this one plot point or this mm-hmm. like one actor or like just not that great or this one that tonally it was weird. Yeah. The simplest things that I can say, drawing comparisons between the two, the second one was charmless. The first film is charming. There is a yeah. charm to it, a, like a... This, you know, kind of like joie de vivre, you know, it is like a Bond movie. It is very tongue in cheek, but there is a charm to it. It is at its foundation. There is heart to the first movie. A hundred percent. There are emotional stakes and they carry through the entire film. A hundred percent. They keep anchoring these crazy big action sequences and these big set pieces. And I love an action movie and I love oh a fight sequence. So two, two things. One. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, please. I was gonna. I was gonna agree with you. They're so good. I think that there's no heart, emotional stakes, completely lacking from the second film that they build and and keep coming back to in the first film from the very beginning. We know who Exy is. We know, like you know, we see him without his gifts. We see the chip on his shoulder. There are these great moments of connection that there aren't in the second movie. I think that tech ruins the second film in. Almost every way. The In the first movie, the glasses don't have any of those capabilities. We never look at... Like, we don't have... All they can do is that sort of, like, um, Pepper's Ghost effect where you sure. see with meetings and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they they go so heavily in the second movie of, like, scan, bioscan. Here's who this person is. Here's... Yeah. Who, right? The robots inexplicably why are there robot dogs in the second movie why is there a robot waitress well she says she loves robots and then has three of them yeah that well technically she has legions of them because she has her drones at the end for like delivering the thing which then need to just be dropped off and delivered by hand right which is stupid but i'm sorry continue and then the robot arm like oh yeah the robotics of it all like so that's another tech thing that i think ruins it yeah and the, I'm just like, I'm just getting so mad thinking about it. I'm so be, for so. me, the, the core issues were that the second movie was callous uh-huh. and it was mean. Yeah. Like the, the, there's a moment when uh, Pedro Pascal goes through the, the, the ham, the hamburger thing mm-hmm. and he comes out and then Exy just makes a line that's just cruel. Right. And then after they kill Poppy, it's just like, well, I sure hope that code was right. Here you go. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's like nothing had any stakes. Right. And so, the what the, a huge difference between the first movie and the second movie is that in the second movie, death has no meaning. Uh huh. But in the first movie, death has an incredible amount of meaning. Yeah. Like obviously, there's a bunch of like kills of like random bad guys. The standard trope of the action movie of just like oh, all the enforcers and like things get people get killed. Like and but the movie starts with someone sacrificing their life mm-hmm. to save it, and it turns out that that person was like Exy's dad. dad. Yeah. But the second movie, 
starts with Eggsy getting into the cab, greeting the driver by name, mm-hmm. and then getting this big action yeah. sequence, and then accidentally killing someone he's friends with. Yes. And he's like, my driver. It's like, that guy has a name and you know it. And, and like, the, the, what sort of, the, the, this person who, from the first movie, refused to kill a dog, yeah. to the second movie, where he accidentally took a human life, and that had no amount emotional impact on him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. At, like this movie just constantly is kill- like Poppy is constantly like hiring people, killing them, hiring people. Mm-hmm. Like, like we see a bunch of like like innocent bystanders dying to the the drug thing. Yeah, and then like literally death has no meaning. That you then take the death that had the most meaning from the first movie mm-hmm. and eliminate it. Yeah, like not even the stupid like gel or whatever. Like because the yeah. gel's fucking dumb, right? But like it just the nature of the people who are dying. It's worthless. Yeah, there's, it just, it completely deflates all stakes, all, and then there's no way to heighten. You can't build a foundation on quicksand. Yeah. And that emotional foundation in the first film is what was the, was the place that all of these beautiful set pieces were built upon. Yeah. I would also argue that, that I think that, that Eggsy's character isn't remotely, like, he stays throughout the first film, he's got this rough around the edges thing. Yeah. He should still be that way. And it's like, that's Absolutely. who he is at his core. He is not that in the second movie. There's nothing about that. He's completely become this, this other person. And I remember the last thought that I had about the tech. I think that the tech in the second movie in, in this film completely ruins the, the action sequences, the stunts. Oh, yeah. I think it is, it feels cartoonish. There's so much camera movement. There's the the most satisfying, I think, one even like the beginning, which is in this car chase, this car scene, and I love a that fight. That car scene in, is so good. In really, really close quarters where they're fighting within the backseat of a car. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I love that blocking. There was some very cool um choreography in that. Yeah. But add in like the oh, robot for some reason, when you said the car scene, I was thinking of the one from the first movie. Right. No, they do mo- they they do one in the first movie and one in the second. If you yeah. compare them, which is easy because they did it for us they at the exact same point in the film. The exact same point in the film, like it's a world of difference. But I love I love a very close quarters, um, like like a fist fight in an elevator. Yeah. Like, so these creative where you have to get really creative in a small area. I think that's great, and I loved the setup the setup for that in the second in the second film. But. You the way the camera moves, these digital backgrounds, the like if you look at the the car sequence in Secret Service, it feels practical, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons the Fast and the Furious movies work so well. Yep. Because so many of the stunts are practical and they're done so well that even when they aren't, they look like they are. Yeah. The second one feels totally digital. Everything feels feels digital, and with that comes the sense of the the artifice and the you don't buy into it. Right. And that lowers the stakes. It does. It lowers, it makes it all fake. Well, like, the big set piece action sequence from the first movie is, like, is Colin Firth in the Westboro Baptist Church. And it's so good. So good. And it's, like, it's so satisfying because you're, like, yeah. Yeah. And you know it's fake. Yeah. But because of the way it's shot and the blocking, it looks, like, I don't doubt for a second that Colin Firth had to do, like, Days. Bunch of fight, fight sequence, fight training, and and sh- that the sequence took days, and it's like I don't doubt that. Whereas some of the the sequences in this movie, I'm like stunt double, stunt double, stunt double, stunt. right? Which doesn't, you know, I just and like again, love Colin Firth. I thought I thought he was amazing in the first one. He doesn't need to be in the second movie, but then like the equivalent other scene in the second movie is when they finally break in after the big old setup, and Mark Strong just dies for no reason. 
singing Country Road. For that rendition of that song plays four times. I'm aware. It's also the opening soundtrack of it, the movie starting. It is. It's it's a, uh, a bagpipe version of Country Road, which, mm-hmm. may I just say, the movie doesn't take place in Virginia. Nope. Why is it even, why is it a song? I don't know. It's very upsetting. It, it, ugh. It, it's no, there's nothing good, but like so the, it's them breaking into the into Poppy's base, and it's this big CGI slugfest of them just using technology instead of just like, and yeah, they're like doing leaps and jumps and everything, and they have a suitcase that fires missiles. Cool, mm. but it's not the same. And like even the the cool like bar fight sequence of like the manners maketh man when Colin Firth takes out like yeah, the, yeah. the 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 gang of dudes when you do the the same sequence later when mm. which first of all the scene in the first movie had stakes because we've established that these are bad guys yeah. that we don't dislike who are part of this gang that are like hassling Eggsy and his family. Yeah. In the second movie, they're just in a bar, they say something, and then some guy says, it sounds like you got a queer accent. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> who the fuck are you? Also, what, they don't have a conference room at the distillery? You guys are talking about this national security at some random ass bar in Kentucky? They have a high rise in I New know. York. What are you doing here? And it's also like they have a high rise in New York with a, with statesman bla- blazoned on the side and then you don't immediately recognize the bottle when you take it out of the safe? Yeah. Like this is clearly a multinational organization. Like company. Like a, like a wildly well-known company. And it's like, oh, statesman. I've heard of them. Yeah, Nothing. Statesman. What the fuck is that? It's so crazy. And it's, yeah, it's, and it just like the common sense, like all of these. Okay. So here's the statesman and the, and the Kingsman. You don't have any security. All of you blow up at once. Where's the security? I'll get to that. Okay. Yes. I'm so, okay. So I, now, have, a, I have a great picture. So now that. I'm just spiraling. Yes. So I don't know. Do you want to go back through and tell me the way you'd like to do this? Because I have. I'm going to give you a brief. So many notes. I'm going to give like a brief synopsis for people who haven't seen Kingsman the Golden Circle. Like I'm going to do like a 30 second to a minute synopsis. And then Amanda, I want you to tell me what your thoughts on how we can fix it. Okay. The premise of Kingsman the Golden Circle is that everything's going great for Eggsy and the Kingsmen. Everything's going great. Oh no, they all blew up! But somehow Eggsy and Merlin survive and they have to do their Doomsday Protocol. The Doomsday Protocol is they go down to the safe, they open it up and it's a bottle of of scotch or whiskey or something. Whiskey. Because America. Mm -hmm. They find out that there's an American iteration of this secret society called the Statesmen. And they go there uh, to go help they find out that the people who blew up all of the Kingsmen, for some reason, is this woman Poppy, who controls all the drugs in the world, and made $450 billion, but never leaves her compound, and is crazy, and not a character, and it, I hate all of the things about her. But, basically, she's laced all of her drugs, poison, she holds the entire, like, a solid percentage of the world hostage in order for the United States, for some reason, only the United States, not the rest of the world, she says the line, I don't really trust the UN. So you, the president, I'm going to trust you. And then the president's a, a piece of shit who's like, let them go. They're all drug users. And it's, and so basically the Kingsmen and the Statesmen have to team up. But it ends up being just the Kingsmen because the Statesmen are either incapacitated or um, uh, 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 bad guys. And they basically go have to take her down and stop everything. And they do. They win. The end. Movie. They waste you, Channing Tatum, if, they give Pedro Pascal some real bullshit, and I, the, the Poppy character, oh my god, it's so here's, bad. Here's what's so wild to me. It's like, if you told me 
Amanda, we're going to give you an action movie and it's going to have Colin Firth and Julianne Moore and Taron Egerton and some music by Elton John and Channing Tatum and Pedro Pascal and Halle Berry and and it's an action movie and you're going to have Pedro Pascal and he's going to do like a, like a, he's going to be like a whip. He's going to use a whip and a lasso for stunts. And to tell me that I would then hate this movie is such a bummer. Yeah. It's such a bummer. There's so much there. Everybody in it is, is everybody in it is capable. Yep. Right. Yep. And I'm like, what did you do? Uh, One of the things that's great about the original movie is it casts a bunch of people who aren't A-listers. Yeah. The sequel casts exclusively A-listers. Yeah. Which is very frustrating. But before we move on to things I want to change, I want to start here. What are some things in Kingsman the Golden Circle that you like that you would like to keep? Um, I like a lot of the cast. I like a lot of the cast, too. I like a lot of the cast. I I but... like most of the stunt choreography. Mm-hmm. I think they did a great job with what they had. Yeah. If that's the end of the list, that's fine. I had two things, and now I can't remember the second one. Uh, I like Bruce Greenwood as the president and Emily Watson as a first lady. Okay, great. Um, If we could make them completely different. But I love those actors as a president and first lady. Great. So again, casting. Yeah, there are a couple of sequences in there that I like. Action sequences in there that I like pieces of them. But that's about... that's. That's the stuff I would keep. The things that I liked is I liked that the Nordic princess from the first movie, mm-hmm. who's kind of this throwaway thing, I like that, that she's Eggsy's girlfriend in the second movie. Do you? I, I do. Because it's like... For... I don't hate it. I just wish they would have gone about it a different way. What sure. does she like? She likes laying in bed and she likes anal. And that's all we know about That's her. all we know about her. Yeah. Like, I would have loved for her to be a main, a much bigger character and yeah. have, like, things to do, you know, like, diplomacy. I would have <laughs> loved if when uh, the world is being held hostage, she's on the negotiating committee. Yeah. You know, as a world leader. Yeah. You know, not that this world leader is just hanging out in an apartment in London. I also uh, have no notes about anything regarding Elton John. I thought Elton John was perfect, and uh, I thought that was great. You will not be taking any criticism. Of that. <laughs> I actually love. I thought Elton John swearing over and over again and being like generally just like curmudgeonly. Yeah. I really enjoyed. Yes. I love Elton in this. I thought he was a high point, even though it was so weird. It's so weird, and yeah. they're trying so hard to turn Elton John into an action hero, and I don't care. It's so dumb, but yeah. in a way that I found very... I, it's charming. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty funny. There are some things in there that I was like, ugh, but I liked him, like his, the angle of him jumping in front of the dog, Yeah, and, and him recognizing that. I was like, we could have done with some more of that. Some more yeah. clever characters. That, I, done I, that. I thought it was silly, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was, when we got to that point of the movie, I was so done that all of a sudden Elton John was this beautiful, gleaming ray of hope. Yeah. And it was just something for me to hold on to. Just sure. this little bit of earnest joy. <laughs> yes. If Elton John's not in the movie, that's fine. I just like... I'll respect that. I'll yeah. respect that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so uh-huh. good. And I will say, you know, something great that came out of this, or mm. at least good that came out of this, Rocket <laughs> Man. That's true. Yeah, because I don't think that Rocket Man would have been born without this film. I think that's that's probably true. And yeah. Rocket Man's an excellent movie. Yeah. So remember how in the first movie, Eggsy has uh, a mother and sister? <laughs> they should still be in this. He seemed to care about them quite a bit. Yes. Yeah some kind of anchor mm-hmm. to some sort of home life that he cared about. Yep. Yep. Remember how uh, the first movie ended with him inviting his mother to come live with him in the home that he, the home that he says he gets to have now that isn't just the apartment from the first movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> Before we go start spiraling again. Yes. Amanda. Yes. How would you like to fix the golden circle? What are some different seeds and things that you'd like to plant to make this grow into a much better movie? Oh, man. Okay. I would love more Roxy and less sexual assault. A hundred percent. Great. I wasn't sure when we were going to get to that point. If we're going beat by beat. But like, yeah. So I think having Roxy being like a a main the playing more of a main role in this, I think would be amazing. Yes. I like their platonic friendship too. Yeah. And kind of the respect that they have for one another. I wouldn't mind it veering romantic later, but I like, I like, I would, would you? Yeah. I like the platonic nature of it just because I think that it's very pleasant to see that. I'm not a huge fan of the princess. That's fair. Um, Most people aren't. Yeah. But I think that part of that is it feels to me like the, out of place way in which the first movie ended yeah with the like weird sex encounter that like was weird you save the world here's your reward very weird yeah it's not good very weird and such a negative way to end the film um i should say i'm like pro sex in movies i'm absolutely no problem fits there um it felt so tonally off and such a like going for the cheap Correct. Whatever it was at the end. It is the biggest indicator of what the second movie is going to be but from the first movie. That's right. It felt like whoever had the idea for that picked up a pencil and immediately started writing the next movie. Mm-hmm. And that, and they were just like, but that vibe, but the whole film yeah, is how it felt to me. And it was so jarring. So I would have loved it if, uh, while I'm rewriting, let's rewrite the very end of the first yeah. one. And he, she's like, you know, thank you. And he wants to take her out or something. And then the second movie picks up and they're in this like loving, serious relationship. Or... And they care for one another. We could do that. I, I think that's the correct answer. Mm-hmm. The joke answer is, tell you what, you come back here, uh, we'll have sex if you save the world. Great. And he comes back there with the two things of champagne. It's like, all right, Harry, unlock the door. Click, open, deck, punch. And then she just takes off down the hallway. Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah. Just yeah. like something else other than just like, you saved the world, here's your reward. Right. And your reward is like my actual ass. Like, yeah. Here it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, but I think that for the second, for the sake of the second one, like seeing that they're in a relationship now is mm-hmm. like cute enough. Yeah. That's fine. I don't mind that. I just want to know, she literally doesn't go, we never see her go anywhere. Well, she has no character development. None. And her even char- like a, the basic foundation. Her character development is they go to dinner with her parents who both have British accents. Uh-huh. What? That's so weird. It's such a weird choice. And then it turns out she's stressed out and because she's stressed out because her boyfriend called to ask permission for him to have sex with another woman. But then she was fine with it. She's like, well, the, I feel better about you doing that if we were engaged. Yeah. It's, such a, it's literally her character traits are actually, in all actuality, anal sex proposed to me and meet my parents like that's her whole it's such a weird in such a weird phrase that i like that they're dating yeah end of list i hate everything that happens after okay great perfect i agree so yeah so but i think like roxy being in this being more present i think would have had a really impactful well there definitely um, need to be more women in general like in more diversity Halle berry in, in general is absolutely screwed over in this movie huge Hugely, and it's like, yeah. we'll get to it later, but I did not recast her because, like, she deserves better opportunities to, like, do stuff. Yeah. She keeps ending up in these positions where she just has to be pretty. Yeah. yeah. And she can do, like, the movie itself jerks her around. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, and, like, we're, what was it? I wrote, I wrote this down. I said, 
Uh, so we're an hour and a half into the movie. Halle Berry has zero character development. And now they want to give her aspirations of going into the field? Right. This first we're hearing of it. I, so few characters in this movie have wants. Yeah. None of them have wants. I want a want and a need for everyone. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. It's like two seconds of your time. Just tell me what, what they want and what they need. Um, and I, I like the introduction of the statesman. I like the idea. Of I this. love the idea of the statesman. Yeah. I was so excited to be like, oh, great. Now we get to see American Kingsman. This is rad. And they yeah. work in a distillery and that's their cover. I, it's perfect. On paper, I love it so much. This is why I was so frustrated. Also, oh, excited to see Channing Tatum? Cool. He's gone most of the movie. He's just absent for most of the movie. There's no reason, excuse me, for him to be there. None. Yeah, none at all. Um, And very, very frustrating. I would completely eliminate... This is so this is so stupid. I it just needs to be so much editing. So much. Uh, Julianne Moore's whole deal, and I love Julianne Moore. Of course. That entire character is bullshit. Yes. Uh her wants are convoluted. Even She's knowing- willing to eliminate her entire customer base, her entire in- business for her to be able to do business better. I and she wants to be recognized, but she wants to be alone. I I literally I got I was trying to figure out, I'm like, what is, what is her deal? What she is her deal? She has like, no consistent deal. There's none. And other than just, wouldn't it be fun if the bad guy was just like kind of a quirky woman? Right. And it's is, like, yeah, it's like camp gone wrong. It's like they were trying for camp, but didn't actually know what camp was. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just, just ludicrous. So like piece by piece, there's a million things that could be, I think, redone as to make this a more satisfying Especially after having rewatched the first movie. So in the first movie, the entire world is broken. Like, they break the world. They wipe out basically the entire ruling class. Millions of people die because of the uh, Samuel Jackson's, like, thing. Crazy shit goes on all over the world. And in the second movie, that's completely unaddressed. Everything's back to normal. It's like nothing ever happened. Right. It's like, okay, we broke the world. It's like at the end of a Teen Titans Go episode, where you break the world, next episode, time for another wacky adventure. It's just a cartoon. Yeah, it's not serialized at all. It's completely episodic. I think if we want The Golden Circle to be a true sequel, is it needs to follow the events of the first movie. Yeah. I think what you need is I think you need to have a power, a global power vacuum. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing Poppy wants, it's to be at the head of the now global power vacuum. Right. I don't kind of, I don't, there's a bunch of like weird judgment of drug users in this movie. It's hard to figure out who the, like, what the moral, what the moral alignment of the film is, is very challenging. Because it's, on the one hand, it says, yeah, it says, oh, all drug users are monsters and they deserve to die. But on the other hand, we have to save the people no matter what they do. Uh, It's also hard to judge when you're getting all of your... All news from, from Fox, Fox News. Yeah. That was bullshit. Wild. And I'm like, oh, this is the only news source the entire movie? This is like, this is our way in? There are Fox News anchors credited in this movie. Yes. So like, yeah, that was something. That right. was clearly like the director... The director was tipping their hand a little bit. Well, and the movie's distributed by Fox. Even still. Right. But I'm just saying... It is so, in this world, it's it's so jarring to have, yeah. you know, it's so much easier, to, it would have so much easier to buy if it were like a Larry King or like a late night show host or something like that. 
But let's if we had a Poppy who basically had been left out from being a part of the big plan mm-hmm. because even Samuel Jackson's character was like, that's not a real person in power. Like she just deals in drugs. It's like, no, I'm the peop the, the world sucks and I provide an escape. Right. And like I've been able to run this and I, and like it sucks when people die, but I try to like do these different things and I'm trying to keep I'm trying to offer a little bit of peace in a world that's gone bad. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't I be the one in charge of doing that for everybody? Right. We need a Thanos approach. And we also don't need it to be drugs. Like I don't give a shit if it's drugs. Right. Like the the movie handled drugs horrifically Horribly. bad. Yeah. And that's and so I think that if we follow that, and I also I liked that Charlie was in this movie. Because we basically set up this whole audition process to become a member of this secret spy organization. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as people didn't make it in, they kind of were released back into the world. Mm-hmm. I think if we're going to have bad guys, I think we can have a bad guy that is an entire society of rejected Kingsmen. Yeah, I think that's great. And that would be so satisfying to see because you know that they had all the potential. Yeah. They were selected and they are already the best of the best. Yes. You know, um, they know kind of where shit is. They know... It also is for like, as the reason why they have to turn to the Statesmen is because they'd already revealed all these secrets to these people who didn't make it in. Yeah. And so it's a bunch of hurt obnoxious and based on everyone except eggsy incredibly rich and entitled entitled. people yep and when you tell rich and entitled people no yeah then they're like absolutely not we're taking it right they can fund their own private army yep yeah i think that'd be very satisfying a bunch of their parents were just killed and now they're mad about it and the Mm -hmm. kingsmen are the reason that their parents got killed yep so some other poor people were gonna die whatever yeah yeah, I think that'd be very, very satisfying. It's so much cleaner. This movie is so muddy. Yeah. It's like, this person's a bad guy, but really this person's a bad guy, but actually this person's the bad guy. It's so... The Pedro Pascal thing was so projected I know, and so I love stupid. him so much, and it could have been so good. I don't... <sighs> There's yeah, no just... reason for anyone in the Statesman to be spies. There is literally no reason when you have Charlie there to begin with because he's already the almost Kingsman turned bad. Yeah. that's That already fulfills that narrative purpose. To introduce the Pedro Pascal character accomplishes nothing. Well, it'd be so, it'd be so easy to say like, okay, we have this, you know, I mean, an easy in, right? It's like, okay, what's the game that we want to play? What's the fun thing we want to see? For me, the appealing thing that I saw in a trailer that made me go, yes, I want to see that movie <laughs> is American Kingsman. Yes. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see Cowboy Kingsman. That mm-hmm. was very appealing to me. And like, what a, like the great stunts that those are going to be in. Like, what gadgets are they going to yeah. have that are going to be different? And I was so excited for that. So, okay. And now my job as a writer is like, how do we get to the fun thing? Let's get to the fun thing and play in that world. How do I, let's get a, a clean and logical exciting way to get to launch ourselves into that story and so yeah this starting with charlie went like a fucking robot arm whatever. i don't give a shit about I, the I robot arm the, i hate the robot arm whatever we don't need that but following him great well maybe this whole organization of rejects of non-kingsmen have infiltrated they've all you know they've all infiltrated something in america that gets us a reason to go there. I mean, they've you also, know, like, like, they've compromised everything in England. Yeah. They know about it. They know where everything is. They know who everybody is. They know what all the things are, which means that none of that stuff can be used anymore, and they have to find help elsewhere. Right. Statesmen. Yeah. And then 
because while all that's happening, you have this this global power vacuum, mm-hmm. and they like they don't have their own resources. They still have to go deal with this global threat, mm-hmm. and so it's like it's literally both within and without. Mm-hmm. How fun would it be if most of the statesmen were women? Great, love it. Wouldn't that be so much fun? So much fun. You one of it, you should have that. One of my one of the ideas that I had because I'm like you know thinking about all of this. I'm like fuck. All right, like here's I can swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, you know, yeah, here's how we remake this movie. But if we want to remake this movie with, like, keeping a lot of the same bones and premises, like, here's this. Mm -hmm. But there's also a world in which I just want to see another Kingsman movie that's mostly women. Great. It's like, because if we have the world that we're building out in our, you know, multiverse of madness, you have statesmen and then you have, you know, like, the what are all the equivalents? Like, with these other worlds that we can go to, should we want to do that? But yeah, I, I would love to have these, like, cowgirls sounds incredible and, and lady distillers that are also sounds dope the secret service it's so fun the, the only character so the only female character in the movie who i gender swapped to into a man was clara mm-hmm. you know the sexual assault uh victim yeah. I, I made that a guy do we need to talk about that we should probably talk about that okay. and just like make blank statement of, like nothing about this is okay all of this is bad nothing about it is okay all of it is bad it's so unnecessary and it does not fit with the world and the capabilities that they have established by their own writing in this world in the first film alone Eggsy uh, gets a tracker put on his back by Colin Firth yep that's a speaker yep you know, so there you go. All right. Well, we don't want, you know, we don't want this, her taking off her coat. Okay, fine. Uh, what about the nanites that it's in the wine? Yep. Right? In the drinks. You've got these nanites in you. Cool. There's an easy way the to Samuel do it. Samuel Jackson nanites. Samuel Jackson nanites. Oh, it can only go through a membrane. Huh. Like Weird. the mouth? Yeah. Like a mouth that you could just, if you wanted to, you know, keeping in with a drug thing, with Poppy's drug thing, put it on a square and make it look like it's a... a put it on a Q-tip and just be like, oh my God, something's bothering my ear and you just get something out. Or even like, it w- it's still invasive, but so much less so. A French kisser. Yeah. There you go. You still have a conflict. You want to keep the conflict with the with the girlfriend, which, the fiance, which like... There's no re... Like... Adding that as just additional conflict is stupid and we don't need it. Yeah, ridiculous. But if you, like, really needed to keep it, that this part of the movie was so upsetting for me. And because it was so unnecessary. And listen, there's, you know, sexual assault dealt with in, in good ways, terrible ways, in all different movies, always and forever, right? I just want to be clear that, like, this is assault. A hundred percent. Because I feel as though it's treated in this, like, weird, playful nature. And, and and if you've seen this movie and you're kind of surprised, I just want to be very clear. It's unnecessary. It's assault. Nothing is gained from it. Um, the scene goes on for so long. The scene of the festival. There's so much time at this festival, even oh without this whole thing. It's so long. And then she's killed later. She's killed later. And... The way it's the worst thing and the worst way to film it. There is not another shot like this in the movie. No. That is a full, like, creepy, skin crawly, down her skin and into her underwear, fully up her shot, like, up her, her crotch. Yep. Crazy. Whose decision was that? Absolutely wild. I just had to get that off my chest because I cannot go without referencing that when talking about this movie. Um, Everyone who calls this movie out for this is correct. And anyone who says it's not that bad is wrong. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Usually there's a gray area room for discussion. Nope. For me, there's no room for discussion on this. It's uh, uh, kind of a morally reprehensible thing that's yep. in this movie. Oh, but she gives consent. She doesn't give consent to be tracked and bugged and like, oh my god, yeah. everything about it is bad. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, really crazy. And if you replace the, like, the give consent, it's like, well, if you, if you for me, it's the easiest uh, one-to-one is, like, an STD. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, all right, if you knew you have an STD and you have sex with somebody, then but you don't tell them that, then that's that's, yeah. that's a violation that's, as well. That is Even though a, they consent to the sex. That so. is a very good analogy. Yeah. Thank you so much. I just had to get that. To no, you were right. So. And yeah, just very, very unnecessary. And the movie's bloated. It's so long. I couldn't believe how long this movie is. It's two a... minutes and 22, two hours, 20 minutes, right? Something like that, yeah. And unnecessarily so. No. And it feels like three hours. So again, <laughs> we're spiraling again. We're spiraling. What do you want to do an hour movie? An hour so movie. We, we, so it sounds like you like the, the idea of power vacuum, yeah. global power vacuum, and you like the idea of rejected Kingsman coming back to reclaim what they feel like they deserve. I had not even considered that idea. I I hadn't loved Charlie in this movie, but reframing it that way, I'm a big fan of. I think that's really, really fun um, and very, like, Monsters Once House again, situation. it's the potential of the movie yes. that gets completely squandered on what is actually there. Absolutely. I yeah. even don't necessarily mind Poppy's, like, I love robots. They do exactly what they're told. Yeah. I and don't have her head up a robotics company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, we can have... And, that like, why would Poppy say that and then surround herself with, like, mindless henchmen? If you want to kill a bunch of things for stupid, dumb reasons, have her be surrounded by robots. Mm-hmm. Be, I want to take control of the world because I'm doing what's best for everybody. Mm-hmm. You're not even connected to the world. Right. You you are so disassociated from everything that how could you possibly know what's best for anybody because all you know is what's best for you and therefore that's all you care about. And why the cannibalism? Uh, that's never addressed. It, it just is and it's dumb. Like literally they have this whole thing where like uh, this guy comes in and says, oh, I, I brought someone else to join your, your organization. Great. Should not have done that. We're going to kill you. And you person who is this guy's friend, eat him. Okay, next time we find out about that guy, he did something bad, and now we have to kill him. We rip him in half with robot dogs named Benny and Jet. We can keep the dogs named Benny and Jet. I'm okay with it. Right. Yeah, I, I'm. it's so baffling to me. So my I, my pitch... Oh, go ahead. No, no, please. Uh, my pitch, I love the, the rejects aspect of it. Um, I definitely want to keep the idea of statesmen and all, but I want to spend more time in that world. I want to get there faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to up the, the pace on this movie is is bonkers. Yeah. Uh, oh, and no Colin Firth in this movie. Oh. You were going to bring Colin Firth back from I, the dead for this movie? Listen, I love Colin Firth as this character. I do too. And I, and I, I didn't, I didn't hate him being in this movie I hated the amount of time that he wasn't himself in the movie. He's such I'm a distraction. Like, don't bring him. But not if you make it where he, but not if you make it where he's there. We're spending so much time being introduced to a whole series of new characters. Yeah. That there's no reason to go back and like have some sort of convoluted, oh my god, we brought back Colin Firth. Like, I get that everyone loves Colin Firth in the first movie. I do too. We make Colin Firth, of all people, an action star in the first movie. Yeah. We did it. There's nothing having Colin Firth in this movie does that doesn't serve to detract from anything we want to do for any other characters. I got very 
if you haven't been able to tell already, I got very conflicted doing all of these exercises because <laughs> I am part of me is trying to do the assignment, which I interpreted as remake the movie, but like yeah. keep the foundation there. Sure. And do what I really want to do, which is just do a different movie. Yes. Right? So in my remade version of this movie, Colin Firth is still there because he's one of the like the pillars of the movie. Sure. In a different version of this movie, a remake, you might say. Go on. Um, yeah, he doesn't need to be there. Yeah. He doesn't need to be there. If he's going to be there, though, I think he could be. And it's still, it could be as ridiculous as it currently is with the fucking gel, whatever. I mean, we but haven't like, in, but continue. But, but do you know what I mean? But, like, I think... Uh, there are ways of going about getting him back into the movie that would work. Even if you did like flashback sequences, you know, I don't know. But no, I do not. I'm not hell bent on Colin Firth being. In if this Colin movie. Firth has to be in this movie, I think the only way that he can be, and the only way that it makes sense, is if he's a robot that was built by Poppy. Sex robot built by Poppy. I'm not ruling it out. <laughs> <laughs> Poppy's into what Poppy's into. Yeah. I don't want Poppy in this movie at all. Oh, great. I'm cool with that, too. Great. So that's my choice. Like, no Colin Firth, no Poppy. Cool. Great. So then, do you still want someone who's going after the, the power vacuum left by the first movie? Or should that also be this collection of... I think wealthy... I think you've got a, a, a funded... A, a self-funded group of people with chip on their shoulder. You're, that is a perfect candidate to fill in the power vacuum. Great. So then Poppy and all of that kind of get subsumed by, we we were rejected by the Kingsmen, but we're just as good, if not better than them. And now the world needs us. So we're going to take what, what should have been ours in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so they're taking over the Kingsmen and using that technology to take over the world. Yeah, I think so. And I think that there's, I mean, I think a singular goal is good. Like... As ridiculous as Samuel L. Jackson's character was in the first one, like, he had a goal, you know, he yeah. did have a goal, and it kind of spiraled and got... He was trying to fix the world. He was trying to fix the world. I think that having that same general mentality is helpful. Yeah. You know, when you're looking at something like this, like, what do they really like? Is like, power for power's sake is sort of like, meh. Um, it's the whole no villain believes they're the bad guy. Of course, yeah. But it sure felt like Polly thought she was the bad guy. Yeah. Or was just straight up crazy. Just, just, uh, just but even, a even full the nightmare. president in this movie is an unabashed monster, mm-hmm. and and all, same with everyone who showed up uh, when it said Fox in the corner. Yeah, um, <laughs> really plain to type. Yep, but yeah. So like, basically, it's they believe that they are the ones who can rule the world because they they the, the the what's the thing the edict of God the edict of God. The, the like uh, I I should rule because I have the ordain ordainment oh. of, of the heavens or whatever the term is called yeah yeah listener who's shouting at Man- the- I'm thinking manifest destiny yeah. is like the but, but I just want to let the listener know who who knows the word and is shouting at the podcast right now you're right you're we right you. we hear you absolutely thank you moving on <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna think of it after this is done and I'm gonna call you if that's what it was I mean I could look it up it might be edict of God the divine right of kings oh. Divine right of kings. You want to just redo everything we just said? <laughs> um, thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So that in terms of like plot. 
is but basically like a lot of the other things that happen like when they find the statesman they get taken over i just want more statesmen yes like jeff bridges doesn't do shit nothing Halle berry doesn't do shit nothing channing tatum gets knocked out immediately pedro pascal's fucking great and then they completely diminish his character at the end totally What's he even doing? What's he even wanting? Oh man, my my wife, my pregnant wife got killed by a bunch of junkies, and now I, I want all junkies to die. Yeah, super, what? Super crazy, super foul. Um, also, what an underutilization of Channing Tatum. Yeah, he's not a good criminal. in it. Criminal, not good in it. No. And it's I don't know how much of it is actually his fault. His accent, I don't think his accent is. was rough. Yeah, um, but such an underutilization. They actually have him dancing for a minute, and it's horrible. If you are making Channing Tatum dance poorly, I'm sorry you've made a bad movie. What are you doing? Sigh. So, basically, Kingsman, go to Statesman, save world from rejected Kingsman. Yeah, I think something along those lines is very good. Great. I like it. I think that, obviously, there's more specifics that ultimately is in terms of plan, but I, I love the premise of that. I think it seems so fun. Yeah. Like we'll have Exy, we'll have Roxy, we'll have Merlin, mm-hmm. and they all go mm-hmm. and they make friends with uh, states folks. Mm-hmm. And I think having Exy is like you know struggling in his relationship is fine, you know, because he can't trust. He's afraid that somebody. Because I think that's something that something that was brought up in this movie that I did like was a conversation that Exy has with Harry when Harry's like, "I when I died, I saw nothing." I don't, you know, I didn't have a wife. I didn't, there's no loved ones. Yeah. That idea that every superhero has to deal with. Of yeah. like, I am Batman. Can I have, uh, I can't have a wife. I can't have a family. I can't do this. Right? Eggsy can be struggling with that stuff. Yeah. He's like, I can't, like, yes, I love you. It's not a question of whether or not I love you. I can't risk losing you. You know, like we met because I had to rescue you, you know, like somebody's going to take you and use you against me. And then she gets to have thoughts and words and feelings all of her own. Um, You know, like I think having that undercurrent of him because he's still figuring his shit out. We don't see a lot of that in this movie. He's like a pro by the time we see him here. Yeah. How much time has elapsed? They're still dating. He's still living in his same flat. Like... He's meeting his parent, her parents for the first time. He doesn't do any parkour. He does no parkour. Very little parkour. You know, it, it doesn't feel as though all that much time has elapsed between the first movie and the second one. He should still be figuring shit out and finding yeah. his footing, and he's not. And I think that that is such a missed opportunity for his arc. Mm-hmm. You know, him figuring out, like, well, who now I'm the Kingsman, like, but I still have my same old friends. I'm having to lie to them now about like, yeah. who I am and what I'm doing, and I'm trying to build this relationship and ideally we bring his mother back and his sibling back if anything it's i I had all these people in my life who were very important to me and who i cared about so much but now i can't bring into this other part of my life Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't get exploded but should be like there's just this feeling of isolation because you're not really able to fully connect with them Mm -hmm. and then you and so all of a sudden like you get to meet the statesman and all of a sudden you get to have oh my god Work friends, yeah, colleagues, yeah, people who I can actually relate to on a level of this is what we're having to deal with. Mm-hmm. And like when they go and have a drink, they should actually be going and having a drink and not just going, boy, this sure is good whiskey. End of sentence. Over and over again. Yeah. This is the best martini I've ever yeah. had. Yeah. 
Um, I also want to make an edict that we don't do any of the same stupid jokes from the first movie. <laughs> we don't have to do Manners Maketh Man again. We don't have to do the bar fight again. We don't have to have Mark Strong hold up a large weapon, a comically large weapon and say, no, this one's mine. Yeah. It's a lot of repetition with no satisfaction. We don't need to have Elton John say that if Colin Firth saves the world, he can have a backstage pass. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we, we don't need it. We just don't need it. It's it's better than that. The characters are better than that. And the foundation that they built in movie one was is so much better than, yeah. than what they gave in movie two. And I'm so... And if someone dies, as someone might, it has to fucking mean yeah, something. Please, please, I beg of you. If they accidentally the kill Poppy and Poppy is the only one with the code, I also don't think they should kill Poppy. Like, they don't even need to threaten Poppy. They no. can say, like, Pop, like, in the movie, as it exists, Poppy is the only one with the code to go save the world. And, like, you should be making it clear that the real person is the president who's willing to let these people die mm-hmm. for his own, like, political ambition or whatever. Yeah. And Poppy's the only one when she, when she should be presented with that information, she'd be like, wow, what a piece of shit. No, I don't – I'm just holding them hostage. I don't actually want to kill half the world's population. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm releasing it now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? That dude's crazy. Go take him down. Yeah. I mean, yes, okay, great. I'm arrested. <laughs> it's just so – yeah, it's so convoluted and – I think that we don't need to eat anyone. We don't really need to eat anyone unless that's the thing. Yeah, it's also we're lacking this like fun, this really the fun, gory, wonderful moment in the first movie with the all the heads exploding. Yeah, that visual. It was so. I remember seeing that in theater and everybody around me, everybody like laughing, cheering. And dying, and cheering, and like that moment. There is. We don't have that moment in the second one at we all. We do not. There's no build to anything. All right. Well, what would you? What do you think that moment should be? Let's create it. Oh, let's create it. I mean, listen. Can you? Can you just visualize the? the I think the equivalent, the church equivalent. Yeah. In this one, our church moment is Kingsman and Statesman fighting alt alt Kingsman. Yeah. Is epic to me. Of course. Think about like just the sheer. Uh, and I'd love to put it in a really fun environment. Mm-hmm. A good American environment. Although the the church one happens in the United States too. Yeah, that happens in the U.S. also. I, you got a distillery. Why would you not have a fight sequence in a distillery? You're not using anything. That's true. You've got a grain, you know, you've got like the grain silos. You've got these big, you know, cool, uh, you got barrels everywhere that can tumble in Donkey Kong. You have alcohol you have all of these great big mixers so we need two big fights right we need at least yeah so i think we absolutely need to have a fight in a distillery we need to have a fight with playing with the different grains throwing things up in the air catching them doing all of those different things, things which, bouncing off like, bullets bouncing off metal just like. weird and like like somehow they don't have guns they have to like take like incapacitate each other with stuff like that mm. amazing but i also think the truly American thing that they need to do, and you might know where I'm going with this, they need to have a fight on a NASCAR track in the middle of a race. And it needs to be one of those things where it's a short track and they make a loop and all of a sudden they're fighting, 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 and then they have to get out of the way of the cars! And then fighting, 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 getting out of the way of the cars, and fighting, 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 getting thrown into the cars. I thought what you were going to say, and that we can have it both ways, is that someone needs to get, the final person that dies needs to get speared with an American flag. I mean, 
I think that needs to happen. Yeah. And then I think just for the comic effect of it, one of the British characters needs to come and go and like put a British flag too and be like, we're also here. Wouldn't that be funny though? Somebody like got like um uh javelin with American flag. That's they fall over the flag and they like lay and the flag is proudly standing. Yeah. And then it's just Which is the moment that happens in the Simpsons. It's great. Perfect. But we have like a nice wide shot. And then, like, Merlin runs in and plants a British flag yeah. there as well and just runs out. It, the most Mark Strong thing you could possibly do. Yeah, it'd be so funny. Let's do it. Great. That's I love that. hilarious. Yeah. I, very funny having it in a NASCAR, <laughs> NASCAR track. I also think it would be very fun. Maybe this is not this movie. I love an action sequence at a theme park or a fair. Great. I think like County Fair is a great place to have an action sequence. I mean, especially if you decide to have an action sequence with, a, with two people fighting as they're riding a roller coaster. Like they're fighting hand to hand, doing uh-huh. all the punches and the kicks. The roller coaster does a loop the loop. Yep. Very, very fun. And um, uh, Ferris wheel as well is a great. Oh, for sure. It's a great um, nomination. I love that. Yeah. I think there's all these like great pieces of this is one thing that I feel like they didn't. You, I'm like, if you're going to have Poppy's weird compound, it's embracing Americana. Yeah. That's her thing. She's like embracing Americana. So thematically, I could see this crazy A to Z where someone was like, oh, you got the statesman and this like Americana, even though she's what, Nicaragua? Where is she? It doesn't matter. I wrote it down somewhere. She's vaguely South American. We did. <laughs> yeah. Or Central American, I guess if it's. Cambodia. That's where she is in Cambodia. Um, so there, not, not, neither of the things I said. There was a there was a seri- there was a, a little bit of time in this where we went from Poppy Land in Cambodia to Kentucky to New York City to England to Glastonbury to Kentucky and then back to Poppy and the best. There's no re- very, just, very just put it all in the United States. It's fine. Yeah, guys, come on. There's so many rich, privileged assholes here. Yeah, it's fine. Get we, on, get on board. Yeah, we make them strong out here. That's right. Plenty of dirt. So yeah. So yeah, I think you, you've got these like you you have this this place that's in theory like replicated Americana, and then you don't utilize any of it. Yeah, I think we need all. to really lean in. I agree with all of the Americana. So in terms of plot, is there anything we're missing? I mean, yeah. B, I mean, B story can still be Exe's family obligations. Well, it can also be but... competing things because if we're going to have Roxy, mm-hmm. we can have Exy fighting to maintain this familial obligation and Roxy just being the lone wolf. Mm-hmm. And we can see even have that taking its toll on her where she like realizes that she's been cutting out this important part of her life mm-hmm. and all she has is the job and this one friend. Yeah. And like we can have a moment where like Exy gets hurt and when Roxy realizes that like she's about to lose 50% of everything she has, she's yeah. like, oh my God, I need more in my life. Yeah. Because if we're going to have Roxy, let's use Roxy. Yeah. Let's give her emotional stakes as well. Mm-hmm. And that way Exy can be dealing with losing connections with the people in his life and Roxy can be dealing with a lack of that. Yeah. And that can be the B story. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's satisfying. I want to see more of them fighting together. Yes, I absolutely. I love like a... It, you know, it, like even the first movie is not really a true ensemble. But like, if you're having these three people join the Statesman, you get to have a full ensemble mm-hmm. Avengers Assemble team up. Yeah, and if you're looking at what worked in the first one, I mean, listen, Eggsy's the protagonist in the first movie, but Harry, Harry is solo in that fight sequence in the church. Yeah, so we could have something similar where Roxy steps into that role. I think that Roxy is, if we bring her up, if we adjust the slider on her character. She is filling the 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 
ga- the the gaping hole that removing Harry will leave that vacuum. I agree with she's you. She's stepping in and she's his partner. Yes. And she gets to have her own moments and her own fight sequences and stuff as well. Yeah. That, which is very satisfying. I completely agree. I think that is exactly what needs to happen. I'm starting to really like this movie. Good. Well, I think the only thing we have to do now is cast it. All right. Let's do it. The one thing you and I talked about prior to doing this episode is that everyone from the first movie gets to, it's a sequel. Like, mm-hmm. they get to keep, like, we're, we're, this, this is, isn't a movie that's reintroducing everybody. It right. is a sequel to the first movie. Yes. So anyone who was in the first movie gets to stay. Yes. So the real, only people we're talking about are the, the new introductions. And we have the option of keeping them as they were originally cast or bringing in someone new. Okay. So, I'm sure we have very different lists. Since it's you, since you do not want to have Poppy, and we're just having the villains being this assemblage of rejected Kingsmen, we're keeping Charlie, but I'll throw the person I had as my Poppy recasting okay. into that list if that's okay. Yes, go right ahead. So I wanted Tatiana Maslany. I thought that she kind of like fit the vibe of just like, could. I mean, she can play anything, but she mm-hmm. also can like be a little bit more, like, manipulative and entitled. Mm-hmm. And I thought she'd be fun. That's very fun. And, like, I like if, since she's not going to be Poppy, like, she can kind of be the, the head of this entitled rich kids trying to get what they deserve. How old is she? That's a great question. She's not that old. 37. She plays a little younger, though, doesn't she? She does. But I think that's just because she's short. She's 5'4". Yeah, maybe you're right. Because I don't think that Charlie character should be in charge of this. Like, he he worked, I thought, as an enforcer, as long as we get rid of his stupid robot arm and everything about his character. I like the misleading of yeah. him being the bad guy. I don't mind a, I don't mind a mislead. I don't sure. mind there being a big or bad. I think that's very fun. It's just in this, it was like a Russian, a really ugly Russian doll situation. Yeah, no, it was dumb. How would you feel about Aaliyah Shawcott? I don't know who that is. What's she from? She was in Arrested Development and Search Party. Oh... Uh, she plays be, maybe. Yes. And this would be something very different for her. But I think that she plays intense and bright. And I think that she could handle the comedy as well. Which in theory, pretty, you know. For sure. So you want her to be the leader of the the Kingsmen Rejects? What do we want to call them? The Kingsmen Rejects. Because what's higher than a king? Because they would they would self-title themselves something really stupid. I mean, they, they would title, title themselves the Golden Circle. Yes. It, like, it is the most, well, we're beyond kings. We are the golden circle. Well, they call the monarchy the organization. Do they really? Like when they talk about, like when um, Harry and Meghan talk about it, it's called the organization. That's, that's some cult shit. It's some cult shit, which might be kind of fun. That's fun. We can... In theory, the monarchy is, you know, it's like, well, you don't just marry into, you don't just marry him, you marry the whole organization. Of course. Okay, something like I mean, yeah, just some pompous, stupid name like that. Yeah, the uh, Ivy League. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing against Leah Shawcat. She's great. Like I, everything I've ever seen her in, she's incredible. She's very good. She can play a whole range of things. I Absolutely, think be kind of a fun thing for her. And she has certainly played uh, a child of stupid rich people before. That's true. Yes, well done. Good. But I also really like Tatiana. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason they can't both be there. That's true. And then I also left the character of Angel in, an actor named Tom Benedict Knight, because I thought that that character was done dirty, and I just figured he deserved another chance, too. Who? 
The guy who played Angel, the other enforcer who had to eat the the person burger. Uh, Like, he doesn't do anything. Like, I'm just like, this poor actor thinks he's going to get this great role that he could show, like, look, I'm doing this thing. But he doesn't do anything. Um, So he can can be another random uh, rich kid. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't want to give him more to do. I'm right, just like, right. you, just like fine. You, you can have a job too, man. Weird like, henchman. Y- you try. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be a great role for some, like a great place for some stunt casting. Oh, for sure. I loved, I don't know that I realized the first time I saw Kingsman, I'm sure that I did, but I hadn't remembered that it was Mark Hamill playing oh, Doctor. Oh, yeah. I think. Which is such a fun. The first Kingsman came out at a point where I didn't realize what old Mark Hamill looked uh-huh. like. And it wasn't until I heard the voice and what he sounded like, it was like, he sounds so much like the Joker. Oh my God, that's Mark Hamill. Yeah. And what a great use of him. Incredible usage yeah, of Mark Hamill. Really great. We also, we have our, our statesman. Mm-hmm. Let's start at the top. Let's start with, with Champagne. Champ. Who did you have for Champ? I, I, I loved... Jeff Bridges? I loved Jeff Bridges. He just was horribly underused. I don't disagree. You know, it'd be fun to see as champ as Halle Berry. I I cast someone a little bit older. I want Halle Berry to be one of the people in the field. Oh, you know who I cast? Who'd you cast? Michelle Yao. Oh, that's great. That's who I cast. I was looking, I was like, where's my notes? And that's who I cast. If Michelle Yao, again, we would expect the leader of the organization to be in the field. I feel like in both of these, it's like the leader we don't see do much. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun to see them have to do something. I certainly believe they should be capable. Yeah. But I, so for my casting, I went with someone who I wasn't anticipating doing much other than we can absolutely see her leading an organization. Uh-huh. So I cast Sally Fields. Ooh, okay. Yes. Okay. Let's, let's use Sally Fields and we'll use Michelle someplace else. Yes. Okay. Like, there's no reason that she can't be our tequila. I, that's really like, good. Like, you want someone who's like the epitome of Americana. Americana and like very in control and, yeah. and capable. Yeah. Yeah. We love her. Okay, good one. So then Ginger is is the basically the Merlin, but I don't see any reason why she can't be the like the field Merlin mm-hmm. instead of the guy in the chair. Yeah. I cast I I kept it as Halle Berry. I love that. Halle Berry's great. I just want her to have more shit to do. A hundred percent. Also, way to find the one wig, the one hairstyle like in the entire world that isn't flattering to Halle Berry. <laughs> Halle Berry has had some rough movies. Yes. Like, I remade Catwoman on this show, and my (laughs) god. (laughs) I feel so bad for that woman. And, like, she doesn't need me to feel bad for her. She's doing fine. Did you see her accept her, when she accepted her Razzie? Yes. And it's it's so good. It's it's so good. Everybody, don't do it right now. But after you listen to this, go look that up, because she's a gem. I mean, presumably you're driving your car right now, so yeah, definitely don't look it up now. Don't look it up right now. But it is worth your time. Yeah. And Halle Berry deserves more nice things. She does. She does. Uh, that brings us to Tequila, who had been Channing Tatum. Did you recast this role? Who did you have for Tequila? I left it as Channing Tatum. Did you? Yeah. Just because, like, well, he was used poorly the first time, so let's use him correctly the second time. But I'm perfectly happy replacing Channing Tatum with an awesome lady. Uh, you know who I thought might be kind of fun? Jodie Turner-Smith. Tell me who Jodie Turner-Smith is. Jodie Turner-Smith, she is... What was she in most recently? She's... Gosh, she's beautiful. She has a a little bit of attitude. She was queen in Queen and Slim. Uh Uh-huh. She was... Apparently she was in Sex Education. She's in Murder Mystery 2, but I don't think either of us saw that. She was in... She was played Anne Boleyn in the TV miniseries Anne Boleyn. She... She was in True Blood. She was in True Blood. She's 
this has nothing to do with her performance, but I'm wondering if maybe this will help people identify who she is. She's married to Joshua Jackson, but she's beautiful. Oh no. (laughs) I don't know who Joshua Jackson is. That's so sad, but she's like beautiful. She's funny. I've seen, I've seen her in interviews and stuff. And I, in the things that I have seen her in on screen, I think she's underutilized. Great. And it would be fun to see, I'd be interested to see what she does with with this role because I think that she has a quality that that she seems playful and fun and capable. Great, sold. Jodie Turner Smith, it is. Yeah, that sounds excellent. Next up, we have Whiskey. Again, I left as Pedro Pascal, but again, I'm perfectly happy replacing Pedro Pascal with another awesome lady. I mean, I like Pedro Pascal a lot. I just want him to be a different character. I like, agree with that too. I like we can leave him as whis- as whiskey, but like maybe let him have his own accent. Yeah, let let him talk the way he talks. Please let Pedro Pascal just speak the way that he. Yeah, let Pedro him. Pascal be Pedro Pascal. I'm okay with him using whips and, and love that and uh, lassos. Uh-huh. Although I don't like people like throwing him shade of like, oh, did you bring your jump rope? It's a lasso. That's stupid and mean, and we don't need that. Also, he could kick your ass, and he will, and he will, and yeah. rightly so. I don't. That said, I don't need it to be a laser lasso. No. Uh, why does it need to be electrocuted? Just let just it be the, a regular lasso. Let it be a regular lasso, regular whip. It's fine. And that's cool as hell. Some of you didn't grow up going to the rodeo, and it shows. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I would love to see more. Like, I want to see more lasso whip tricks. Like, yes. More of this stuff. I think it's very fun. Absolutely. Harry Hart, I wrote no. <laughs> okay, we'll accept it. We'll allow it. I'm so sorry. That's okay. What other roles did you have cast? Well, now I need to find some somewhere new for Michelle. Yes. Um, oh, oh, here's what I can I tell you who I did cast, but now we're we're removing Harry. Yes. But if I did a gender swap of uh, Harry, of Harry, okay, Emily Blunt. Oh yeah, great. Yeah. She's not like she's twenty years younger than he is. Yeah, but like that character would be really fun. It's... Emily Blunt is always great. I will never be mad at having more Emily Blunt in things. She could be a new. If we wanted to add a Kingsman, I mean, or she's British, she could be one of the ang- one of our new angry organization members. Well, it's also like <laughs> what you could do. What would be really funny is when you're having Kingsman fight statesmen, is you have Emily Blunt fight John Krasinski. You're right. That'd be very satisfying. Just like, some, and I think they'd do it. I think they would too. Mm-hmm. It's just like some crazy thing where you have a bunch of British people fighting a bunch of American people for some reason. Yeah, you just for some reason show those two fighting, and it's just great. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I'd also written... God, I did all... Now I'm finding all this casting that I did without. I wrote villain. In theory, this would be a, st- a stand-in for um, Poppy. Whatever we're doing, Poppy. Tell it's me. Kate Blanchett. I mean, that's pretty good. If there's anyone who believes in their own divine right to rule, it's Kate Blanchett. You could even have Kate Blanchett be the person who should have been Merlin. Not yeah. Merlin. Arthur. Yeah. Who got bumped out as, as Arthur. Yes. That's what I think it needs to be. Like, you can even have her have people refer to herself at... Oh, no. You have... She has people refer to her as Morgana. Yeah. That's how you do that. Okay. So, it's Cate Blanchett as the one... As, like, the person who... Yes, good. That's what we do. Okay. This is great. Uh, Um, Cate Blanchett as Morgana. This is very fun. The leader of the... uh, 
organization. Mm -hmm. The ensemble. The org. The golden circle. The golden circle. No fucking gold tattoos. No stupid gold tattoos. No stupid gold tattoos. Especially because, like, you're an undercover organization. And that is the most glaringly obvious thing anyone can... Oh, an actual gold tattoo? Yeah. What the fuck? That is more... Like that whole sequence, I'm like, this is like Austin Powers. It yeah. looks like it's it's like making fun of itself at this yes. point. Um, and then when fucking Clara has it as a tramp stamp. Oh my gosh, I know, uh, uh, awful. But look, they can track her through that. Yeah, literally, it's like they. Oh god, no, I don't want the golden tat. The no, golden, no tattoos. golden tattoos. I did recast Clara. Who is Clara? Clara is uh, that actress. Yes, but who are you? Who are you casting her? Well, first of all, I think it's very funny that that actress has a name, and that name is Poppy. Her name is Poppy. That actress, Claire, the actress that plays Clara's name is Poppy. Her name is Poppy Delavine. I don't know oh. if she's Cara Delavine's sister or something, but like Poppy Delavine, maybe she is. Yeah. But I, when I found out her name was Poppy, I genuinely like had one of those like. Of all things. Just a chuckle to yep. yourself. Um, so I recast Clara as an actor named Ben Bailey Smith. I don't know who that is. I might recommend looking this gentleman up. Okay. I first saw him uh, in a TV show called Taskmaster. Okay. Lots of people have recently seen him as obnoxious asshole empire guy in Andor. Not the not the annoying uh, incel one, but the black guy up in space who the lady is fighting with. Okay, I know him from Fleabag. Or you know him from Fleabag. He's also a a musical artist who goes by Doc Brown. And he's very funny because he's in Taskmaster, which is a comedy show. Right. And he's great. Okay, fabulous. Um, And so I, like, if they needed, like, seduce someone, because even in the first movie they have the the honeypot, like, all three of them have to go seduce this blonde woman. And then they just do that fucking same thing again. Oh, no. Okay. You have, like, we need information. You have to go seduce him. And so then you have Eggsy and Roxy and I don't know uh, and Pedro Pascal right going to have to or just Eggsy and Pedro Pascal going to have to seduce Ben Bailey Smith mm-hmm. and that's way more interesting to me yes and then they and then all of a sudden it's like haha got your nose and then like the thumb goes up and they like plant the thing in the nose yeah any number of ways any number of ways that aren't rape any any so many options that aren't rape. Ay ay ay! I love it. Great. He's good. I remember him from Fleabag. He's the workshop leader. Very funny. What other characters do we need, or are we missing? I assume we want to keep Merlin. A Mark Strong. Yeah, he was in the first movie. Yeah, but so we love him. We do. We love him very much. We love Just him very much, and I also would prefer he not die. And I, love or at least if he does, if he dies in a not stupid way. Yeah, the only way I'll allow him to sing. Is if as part of a uh, bonding outing, they go out for drinks and then he gets drunk and does karaoke. Then I would allow him singing in this film. I will agree to your terms. Great. Perfect. I'm glad we could find a uh, common ground. <laughs> yeah, I I think we got most of them. It's hard because there's just the sheer amount of acting talent Yeah. in this movie is so good. Do we like Tildy? You're a fan of Tildy in this movie. So you want to am... keep her character and her as the actress. I feel like as long as we're doing revisionist history, I think we should adjust what happened in the first movie because it shouldn't be that way. But I like the I like the idea of them dating mm-hmm. and then just everything else about it should be different. Yes. I would also say, too, I think it's fine if she's, like, in theory less present as long as her time on screen matters more. Yeah. Like, have her have her own thing be like, I'm about to go, like... 
I'm about to go take this tour with the UN, you know, and I'm going to be out, but I, I need you to focus and, and we need to discuss where we stand yeah. when I come back. I like, like I, especially for our B storyline where Eggsy has familial friend and uh, relationship anchors uh-huh. in the world and Roxy Lancelot doesn't. Mm-hmm. I I think that that's important because that establishes like okay great it's a it's a relationship but he's nervous about it because mm-hmm. he feels like they're taking it to the next level especially since they need to have this conversation but he keeps dodging the conversation because he keeps going doing spy shit yeah and Roxy's like at least you like I want to she's like I don't need a relationship but I would love the option like I you think have she should be that at the end like, I think yeah. she, I think she should see the relationship as a distraction because yeah. he should always end, be yeah. ready and it's all these things that are potential weaknesses that can be exploited. Mm -hmm. And then immediately all these other weaknesses get exploited because it's just everything else about it. So it's like, there's always going to be weaknesses. Why don't you also get to enjoy your life? Right. Yeah. I think that's great. Okay. So it's only gets to stay and she gets to be her. Yeah. She gets to be a a person. She gets to be a real person Mm -hmm. with the thoughts and feelings and emotions and everything. Yeah. And we don't even need to increase her on screen time. if We don't want to just give her some fucking direction. Please. If anything, there can be less. Yeah. There we go. We've already cut out 12 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. We certainly don't need Eggsy to go have a dinner with her, her British parents. Oh, gosh. But I will say, that thing is not my favorite. This is very strange. What I liked is him, the juxtaposition of him finding new uses for the tech. We're going to have this fucking tech, which I think we should pull back on. Yeah. It's too much of a crutch. They are smart on their own. Let them be smart on their own. I agree. The tech should be a, an assistant, not the primary I'm but, even comfortable not introducing any new tech that wasn't in the first movie. I think that's great. I think it's like the world... Unless of, it's coming from the statesman. Yeah, and yes. Yeah, in that case, I feel like it should be almost equivalent in power, just yeah. in a different way. Mm-hmm. I I agree with that. I think the rules were established. Like, don't mess with it. Yeah. No robots. Please, no robots. I don't want any robots in this movie. Great. No robots in this movie. There's too much automation. Automation makes fights less fun. And writing worse. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag uh, WJ. It's true. But yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I, I, yes, I think we're, we're in agreement on that. So what else are we missing? What else needs to be said before I do a, a recap of this cast and we acknowledge a, go- a job well done? Do you and- want to go over writers, directors? Oh, people? shit. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Thank you. I completely forgot. That's okay. I was very excited about this. Story. I have a... a I have a writer-director, like, a, a hyphenate team. Okay. Did you have separate people for writer and director? I have a couple of options. I have two that I'm very excited about, and I also have a stunt choreographer. Oh, tell, tell me about your stunt choreographer first, because okay. I don't have that. Okay, so, um, currently, stunt choreo in this movie, which I think is f- fantastic, is Brad Allen, who did kick-ass... Scott Pilgrim, Rush Hour 2. I think he did a great job, and I like him a lot in this movie. Great. I would also be very excited to see John Valera, who did John Wick 3 and Birds of Prey. I think the stunts in Birds of Prey are creative and fun and and have enough whimsy. Yeah. And are envir- very environmental, which is, I think, what would do really well for this movie. I need to go back and rewatch that movie. I liked it when I saw it, but I also saw it in early 2020, and stuff's happened since then. Yeah. I'm a different person. Yeah. Possibly. Who can Stuff's say? happened. Yeah. There's some... Listen, if you want to talk about that movie, I'll come back. We'll talk about that movie. I mean, I feel... But, but like, we, we don't want to remake that movie. No, we don't want to remake it. It's too soon. But there's... It's worth talking about. Yeah. There are things that don't work. But I sure. think I think there's a, there's a very fun sequence near the end that is 
excellent. Yes. And it's in an environment and there's, that's very fun. there's fun behind the scenes things where they talk about how they made it work and what some of the problems of that scene were. And it's yeah. great. It's really, really good. One of the greatest things I've seen, there's a segment where one of the girls hands the other girl a ponytail to take put her this, while they're fighting. Yeah. And it's such a lady thing. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, that fits. Great. And it doesn't take away anything from the fighting, the action. I'm a big fan. Um, yeah, so I thought if we were remaking and we wanted a different take, I thought he'd be great. And then we want to talk about writers and directors. Yes, let's do it. Okay, great. I had one pitch for writer slash director, and I had an alt pitch for a different writer. Okay, so let's start with your let's start with your alt pitch for different writer. Okay, and then I'll talk about my uh, team, and then you'll tell me about your writer director. Okay, great, perfect. I have written by Phoebe Waller Bridge. That's a choice. It's a choice. Okay, listen, she wrote No Time to Die, okay. and she's working on the new Tomb Raider. Is show. she? Yeah, a new uh, Lara Croft show, and now she's experienced as a an action actress. And That's I true. Think that it is a very maybe maybe it's too crazy. I want to see it. I would cool. love. I would love to see this. If we're taking a little more of a, a feminine forward approach with this movie. I think it'd be unexpected, and I think she could really also nail the comedy and the grounded emotional stakes. Great. That's, that's my pitch for Another that. good reason to have Ben Bailey Smith involved. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. It's an in. Um, cool. So the team that I had involved uh-huh. was I wanted because g- comedy action is kind of like a big theme of everything that's going on in modern cinema right now. Mm-hmm. But it there's always a special mix of like just making sure you get it exactly right. Mm-hmm. And one of the movies that got it exactly right recently was the new Dungeons mm-hmm. & Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves. Uh-huh. And they did an incredible job. Yes. They also created Game Night. And they also did Spider-Man Homecoming, I guess. But mostly, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, because you can't be a writing team in this town without having the same name. That's why you and I will never work out. Well, we, we tried. We, we had a good run. We had a good run. But it's just we're just not acceptable to the industry. I just am not. I just don't look like a Sam as much as I'd like to. I mean, I think you look more like a Sam than I look like an Amanda. Mm, that's true. <sighs> Sorry. Know. <laughs> uh, but I think they would be a fun. So they are they are a writing directing team. Mm-hmm. That is a hyphenate team, whatever. So I thought they would be fun. Who did you have for your team? I have written and directed by Edgar Wright. Ah, the suggestion from my last episode. Oh, was he? In yeah, the last episode. So it it hasn't aired yet. But um, okay. the episode that's going to air before this one is a remake of Brewster's Millions. Ooh. And so Brad's pitch had been Edgar Wright. Okay. I think if you're looking for a good action director, you and with British slash American themes, it's hard to do better than Edgar Wright. Yeah. I that's kind of was my thinking was the British American and also mm-hmm. I think I know he isn't the DP, but I think his style lends itself very well to interesting camera takes. Yeah. You know, uh fun fight sequences set to music. Uh, yeah, I, I I think he'd be I mean, fun. that's exactly it. Like, it is fun fight sequences set to music. It's a blend of British and American things. And, uh, and I made this joke last episode, I'm going to make it again. It's a really good way to make sure that the entirety of the movie is summarized in the first five minutes. Uh-huh, yeah. And if that's what you want, that's what you're going for. If you're looking for things to come full golden circle, hey, I'm you can't do much better than Edgar Wright. throw my water <laughs> bottle at you. And I would catch it in a cool and cinematic way that's right (laughs) but honestly i think you're probably right i think 
Edgar Wright doesn't really do anything, doesn't really direct anything that he didn't himself write. Yeah. But I think you could very much do written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, directed by Edgar Wright. Can you imagine? Like, that would be perfect. Like, it would never happen. It, but would, it would never be, happen, but it would be so good. It would be so good. Oh, man. Okay. I Man, I love John Francis Daly team, though, too. All of this is immediately better than, than what we've seen. Yeah. And... The thing is, is that, like, the first movie being as good as it is buys itself a lot of leeway. Mm-hmm. But it's spent it all. And I, I saw the third movie, too, and it's also not good. But it has the it has the problem of being boring. Yeah, I was going to ask it. So I haven't seen the third movie, and I almost watched it, and I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that for this. we got to no. just focus on these two. And really, just the one, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was that was my question about the third one, because one of the writers is different. Yes. On the third one. Is Jane Goldman involved? I don't think so. Not in the third one. I think she is. Is she? I think so. I thought that she wasn't. Kingsman. Also, can we... I wish they were plural. Kingsman. I know it's based on a comic series. Yeah. I will say, I will never have any bad words to say about Jimon Hansu. He's great in the movie. If Mm -hmm. anything, he's done a grave disservice by not being done even better in the movie. Okay. Jane is not involved in the writing of the third one. Which I thought was very interesting. That is very interesting. When I was going through and looking at this, I thought was very interesting. So that's part of why I'm like potentially led to believe that she's not involved in the second one, but because it's characters she helped create. She isn't involved in the second one. Right. No, that's what I'm saying is because it's characters she helped create, she also has to get writer credit. And that's like like a character's created by. Okay. I see. But I don't know. And I don't know how to do the deep dive necessary to get that information. But... She's not involved in the third one. The third one's bad. There was a huge moment in the third one when, because I, I was watching it with a couple friends, and there's a huge moment in the third one where all three of us just go, "Whoa!" And for that alone, I think it is worth a watch. But go in with the knowledge that it is not good. Okay. Uh, it's a shame that it isn't good, and I'm wondering. Yeah, man, I wish there were a way of knowing how present she was in the second. I, yeah, it would be nice to know, but alas. Anyway. Let me take you through our cat, our our cast list for the remake of King's Men, The Golden Circle. <laughs> Morgana will be played by Kate Blanchett. The Golden Circle members will include the original Charlie, as well as Aaliyah Shawkat and Tatiana Maslany, and Tom Benedict Knight reprising his role as Angel. As members of the Statesmen, we will have Ginger, played by Halle Berry, Champ, played by Sally Field. Tequila, played by Jody Turner-Smith. Whiskey, played by Pedro Pascal. Harry Hart will not be involved in this. In our big fight between Britain and England, we will have Emily Blunt versus John Krasinski. Clara, I guess, sure, Clara will be played by Ben Bailey Smith. Stunts will be coordinated by John Valera. All of this will be written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge and then directed by Edgar Wright. That is Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Amanda, you gonna go see this movie? I sure will. Cool. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. I think we did as well as we could. I, I feel good about what we did here today. I think there's a lot going on, but no, still less than what was going on in the original. Which, good for us. Good for us. We yeah. streamlined. We, well, we chopped so many things out of like, no more poppy shenanigans, no more robots, just streamline of one big villain. Yes. A lot of pizzas in it, uh-huh. but it is singular, and that's way more important. And Elton John as himself. Oh, yeah. And Elton John as himself. Perfect. Thank you. Cool. So, 
thank you so much for being my guest for this episode. If there's anything you would like an audience to do, please ask them to do that now. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I am on uh, Twitter, although who knows for how long, uh, and Instagram. Yeah, you and I both need to find some invites to Blue Sky. We gotta get, listen, folks, if you have invites to Blue Sky, uh, please reach out to Sam and myself. You can find me at It's Amanda Barnes. It's true. Uh, yeah, on Instagram, um, send me that Blue Sky invite. And yeah. Maybe I'll be there. This episode comes out in August. So by that time, your invites should have refreshed and you should be able to invite Amanda and also me. Oh, perfect timing, everybody. Yeah. yeah my birthday's in August. It'd be a great. Oh. That Blue Sky invite would be a great birthday gift to me. Get Amanda the birthday gift she deserves an invite to Blue Sky. <laughs> Oh, what do I need more than invite to another social Oh my god. Site? Perfect. Thank uh, you for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, if, if you're interested in following the podcast, I'm just going to ignore Twitter this time. Just follow the podcast at Ideal Remake on Instagram. Or you can join the Dueling Genre Discord, which has a link in the show notes, which would be a lovely time. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the various Kingsmen's, the king, the men's of kings. And the best thing you can do for my podcast, for any podcast, is to go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. It truly helps. I know everyone says that, but it does. It's algorithms and how people get helped. And if there's one thing we've learned in this movie and in Striking, sometimes you have to feed the AI. And then make sure it works for you instead of instead of you. So, I will end this episode the same way I end every episode. Amanda, what's your favorite quote from Kingsman, The Golden Circle? I can't say manners maketh man because you of hate it you can. so much. I don't hate it. It's just in the first movie and I was going to make fun of it. You can absolutely say that. You could say oh, that. Oh, okay. Here we go. I have one. Please. Kill Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's very funny.